Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Driving Theology. This is Mike, and we have some special guests. Who's in the back seat? This is Pat. Hey, Pat. Welcome back. And next to me in the front seat is Tahir. Tahir, why don't you introduce yourself? <clears throat> so, hi, everyone. I'm from, well, my name's Tahir, and I'm from Manchester, UK. And I'm just currently interning at uh, University here in Hitachi. Alright, well cool. How old are you? 24. 24. And tell us something about your family. Anything you want. How, how many brothers and sisters you have? So, I've got two sisters and one brother. And they're all older than me, so... Are they all in the UK? No, so my brother is working in Korea. Okay. My older sister is working in Saudi, mm -hmm. and my other sister is just in Manchester. Um, like a normal mom, mom or housewife. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the reason we've invited uh, Tahir to join us today is that Tahir practices the faith of Islam. Yeah. Yes. Is that? Am I saying this right? Because I'm not an expert. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I never know whether to say Muslim or or Islam. I think Islam is better because Muslim is a root verb. Well, from a verb, well, not necessarily root verb, but its specific meaning is a person who submits themselves mm -hmm. to a high power, and the only highest thing you can submit yourself to is God. So. Anybody who submits themselves to God is a Muslim. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. So basically it means it's almost like a true believer. No. A mu'min is, is what it means a true believer. Like mu'min oh, is a believer. Mu'min. Okay. Whereas Muslim is, comes from, well, comes from the word salam, which is peace in mm -hmm. Arabic. And then the addition of a meme or mu'min. In front, you know, it's a person who has that attribute. Mm -hmm. So, that person who has that attribute is a person who's peaceful. Wow. So, and, so yeah, to be that kind of person, you have to follow. You said God. peace is salam, yeah, which is related to shalom, yeah, in Hebrew. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, great. Uh, we have been kind of exploring the idea of what's called cosmic Christ and it's this idea that uh, I don't even know like I, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out um, I haven't really studied it that much so I, I'm in the it's it's a new idea with me as well but basically it's the idea that if one God created the universe, then there's evidence of that one God everywhere. And what that would mean is there's there's evidence of this God in all people, in all the all the physical creation, but all people and and by proxy all religions would somehow have have this idea in it. And Pat and I have talked about the um, being interested in exploring, uh, searching for this cosmic Christ in in religions, and 
in the first place, we would, of course, we would search for the cosmic crisis in Christianity. That's our background. Uh, but because we live in Japan, we're interested in find, finding the cosmic Christ in uh, Buddhism and maybe Shintoism as well, well, Japanese Buddhism. Uh, and and since you came here, we, we were really interested in just having you on and seeing if maybe there's any way we could, uh, you know, get a better understanding of Islam because Islam is, of course, one of the major religions of the world. Um, so, can you maybe tell me what you believe, in, in as short as possible, what what you see the faith of Islam to be? What what is the what's the core of it, or or what are the most important parts, as as you know, about the Islamic faith? No pressure. <laughs> well, I guess, given, I guess, one of the most important aspects I would find is how you treat others, because there's a story that's narrated by Prophet, peace be upon him, and he states that there was this <coughs> prostitute who was really thirsty, and she goes down a well. To get some water and as she's coming back up she sees like a, a dog dying of thirst mm -hmm. so she's already drunk her water so then because she feels really like empathy really like really bad that this dog hasn't had any water she goes down to get some water gets takes her shoe goes down and gets some water and gives it to the dog so it can drink so it's first it's quenched whereas story related that that person even though she was like a prostitute doing so much stuff that went against God's law she was forgiven for all her sins and she was granted paradise mm -hmm. where you take the converse and there was this person who was really well praying to God doing all the what what was intended of her what was intended of her for like praying fasting she was not nice to her neighbour. She was very like evil and stuff. So that person, no matter what she did, she was denied paradise and she was thrown into hell. Mm. And just contrasted that. No matter how much you can practice your faith in closed doors, if you cannot be like like a peaceful person, respect your neighbour, all that kind of stuff, then that means nothing. Right. So right. in essence, if you can't actually show respect or treat other people I guess how you want to be treated and it doesn't stem from just people it stands for all creation so like anything like just a bug on the street it's not in your house it's not causing a problem you can't go and stomp it or you can't go and kick a dog mm -hmm. just if you like it it's not in keeping with the actual teachings of Islam so I guess that's one of the biggest ones so, so the biggest one you can think of is that compassion is at the core yep. of Islam. My my understanding of what most people think about Islam is that's not the first thing that most people would think of. Yeah, you'll, right. You'll get that because most obviously they'll do 
most people take will lose their anger and just basically do stuff. No, I, I guess what I'm saying is uh, people who are not familiar with Islam, we have a lot of preconceived yeah, ideas, yeah. right? So that's probably based on how other people interpret and how they see others. Yeah. Or maybe they've not gone too deep into what it truly means. Mm. Because there's like, well, in, in Islam, if you're meant to go to war, you're not even allowed to cut down a tree from the enemy's side once you're actually, if you won the war and you got into enemy's land, you're not even allowed to cut down a tree. So if you think you can't even cut down a tree, what other restrictions are there? Right, right. So, right. Love is. So you're you're kind of talking about the ideas of uh, almost like the Geneva Convention, the yeah. ideas of of being a fair combatant. In other words, right. So you're saying that existed in Islamic law. Yeah. And that's something that maybe many of us in the West, we don't understand about Islam. I guess it's just, again, a lot of, you, a lot of people losing their anger and they're not quenching that because it's like, well, one of the seven, or one of the seven deadly sins and it's still a really bad sin to just lose your anger. That's another one, right? We we would <laughs> we're so inundated by bad news and and angry people who are angry already at uh, people from the Middle East, for example, and we get this caricatured idea of what people who follow Islam believe, right? We think we know, uh, and yet what I'm hearing from you is it's not much different from what we think the best parts of Christianity are. Like, I, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of great stuff. Like, you know, anger uh, is not a good thing. It's not something you should yeah. you should pursue, right? Um, and I, yeah, I, I totally get that. When I, when I read Jesus, for example, in the Gospels, I get that as well. You can also get the anger issue from another thing. So it's not, it's theology connected, but not maybe not fully religion, whereas I read, it said to a, a, a man, my father said to a boy that every time you get angry, get a nail and hit it into a piece of wood, like <laughs> smack it into a piece of wood. Mm -hmm. And then after time, when you slowly start becoming angry, no more nails being hit into the wood, then you can start removing them. Mm -hmm. And so like, after a long time, 
Where, where <laughs> is that from? I read it online. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. If I can find it, I'll forward it. Forward it to yeah, you. that'd be great. Yeah, that's, that's a great illustration. Huh. Okay. Pat, how you doing back there? Yeah, doing well. Just listening. Getting close yeah. to your bedtime. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Um, what? Think. Think of things. I think probably what you just said uh, is probably the answer to this question as well. Um, what do you think the biggest misconception uh, in the West is about Islam? What do you think the biggest mis misconception is from your point of view? I think the biggest one is many are very narrow-minded and they close off to anything that's not Islamic, so anything that doesn't go according to Islam is like, is heresy. Mm -hmm. So I think that's I think a big misconception. Okay. And that, yeah, they're very narrow-minded. Okay. And there's a there's a wide uh, spectrum of people who follow the Islamic faith, faith, right? More conservative and more liberal, right? But there's a, a wide spectrum. I, I think that even myself, I, I know I've been guilty of, of thinking that everyone's the same. And, you know, the certain things that, that come up or that are in the news or whatever, um, it helps you in a bad way, not in a good way. I should, maybe I should say it, it influences you to think really narrow-mindedly about uh, others, right? People that are far away like that. Um, well, it makes sense, I guess, because a lot of news will drive... Uh, news is obviously there to drive money and make money, so mm -hmm. nobody wants to really listen about, oh, this baby just... <laughs> This man saved a baby. It's not going to be breaking news. It's going to get people turning like, oh my god, another bomb happened in Palestine. It's true. Oh, something true. else happened. Oh, another thing went on. <clears throat> it gets people riled up, and that's what drives stories. And mm -hmm. even just online, like all these hate speech and cyberbullying and all that kind of stuff, it's, one person can write something racist, degradatory. Ever saying, oh, this nation is completely racist, they do this, 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 and take one snapshot of one person doing it. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't really show what everybody else is like. Right, right. Really. And it's like, it hits the Pareto principle as well, like 80% of everything that's happening, or to an extent happening, is caused by 20% of the people. Uh huh. Actually, 
refers to Jesus as a Messiah. Am I correct about that? <coughs> Isa, Isa, no. yeah, is his name. Yeah, in well, Arabic. Arabic. Uh huh. So on the day of judgment, like if something went wrong, you didn't do enough. 
doing that. So, in essence, if there is an element of us, then there has to be a religion of God because there's no other reason for you to fast. Right. There's no, yeah, there's no benefit. Yeah. It's against human nature, right? To, yeah. To fast. We don't see animals uh, <laughs> purposely fasting unless they're sick, right? If they're sick, they may not eat, right? For some reason. But you don't see animals just making a decision yeah. to diet, even, or fast, or anything against their their more carnal nature. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Animals hibernating, but they spend a lot of time gathering enough food so they can last that whole right, hibernation right. period. Yeah. So they're still eating enough to get by, but you're not fasting. It's not. There's no actual why do it. Do you do you think this would this would uh, go over through any kind of self denial, any denial of self, uh, other appetites as well besides food? So yeah, so if you got obviously intimacy and that kind of stuff, you're denying yourself that. Mm -hmm. so still considered. Just say sex. You can yeah. say sex. That's okay. fine. If you do not have <laughs> sex because you're denying yourself mm -hmm. because you want to fast or do that kind of stuff. Part of fasting as well because you can't have sex anyway right. while you're fasting, so mm -hmm. you're still denying yourself a human desire, and it's still an animal desire, right? Because they still want to reproduce and continue their well, mm -hmm. well, they they don't want their species to go extinct, right? Yeah. Right, so that's right, what right. you're trying to do, you want to keep going, okay. <sighs> All right, Pat. No, wait. You're up, buddy. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> You're up, buddy. Um, I don't have anything offhand. Um, <laughs> no offhand remarks. No offhand remarks right now. <laughs> Any off-color remarks? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. So we've we've learned some things that we didn't know about Islam. The idea that compassion is at the heart of Islam, I think, is a... Of course, that's one we should know, right? That's It's ridiculous to think that wouldn't be there. But that just shows how little I know about the Islamic faith. Um, well, what? let me just ask you this. Like, from your studying of Islam, what is your image of... You've read about Isa in the Quran. To an extent, it's... Yeah. But do you, do you have a picture of... You, you've, you live, you are from a Western country. Um, a fairly Christian country. Yeah, well, I right? guess I studied Moses more than I did. Okay. Jesus. Well, I'm, I'm not saying that you say Jesus, but you've been, you've seen all kinds of pictures and symbols, and mm. they've been in your world where you've lived. Um, I don't, I've never been to London. I, I'm not even sure. I know there's lots of big cathedrals and things like that. And Christians are a lot more visual, I guess, with their religious symbols than Islam. Yeah. Right? Like, you would never have a a photo of God, oh, yeah. for example. Whereas we believe Jesus is divine, mm. and there are there are actually like you know not photograph photos, wrong word, picture paintings mm. 
right? Uh, statues, right? There's a lot of that in in uh, Christianity, and so you you've seen all of that. Does that in any way feed into your your um, does it influence how you feel about Isa? When you think of it, do you think it's the same person? Or do you think it's probably two different people? Does that make sense? It makes kind of sense. So, I guess because I've seen all these pictures, in my head, whenever I see it, that's, I know that's the Christianity for Catholic mm -hmm. depiction of Isa Islam or Jesus. really and that's how Christians view Jesus we just we have no we don't know what he looks like there's no artist yeah. that drew his well, but we sure. don't find that we knew any artist that drew his picture or yeah. the likeness of him so we can't just go away and just well think. we're pretty sure everybody who ever drew Jesus is wrong mm. so we don't really know what he looks like <laughs> yes yeah, especially we, the one we with don't. the blonde hair and blue <laughs> the eyes. blonde hair and the blue eyes yeah well that's white Jesus <laughs> honestly I can't really deny that being a thing because you could have blue eyes or blonde hair because the whole region is very like the whole so from north from Egypt all the way to like north of India there was there's such a, a huge di diversity between those kind of people mm. that you'll get like even in Egypt where lots of people probably tell me you get blonde blue eyed you get blonde, blue-eyed Egyptians? Yeah, you can get just like full of wow. white, call it like, not pasty white, but That is such good white. news. And then you've got <laughs> just brown. Just kidding. Just kidding. And then you've got someone, someone who are really like, really dark-skinned. Yeah. And you just can't make that association. It's so diverse. And you've got that aspect because of the Persian Empire, Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. All these empires have hit at this region because it's obviously so sacred mm -hmm. and they just always contested with each, with each other like Persians kept the Romans or the Europeans out from the rest of Asia but then the, Rom the Romans kept the Persians out from the rest of Europe so it's kind of like a gridlock in a sense so it's maybe like okay. that Middle East is kind of a melting pot of so many different people because mm -hmm. it is so grown there's just so much that we don't know what's happening what's actually really happened, like the mixing and the, that kind of stuff. Huh. Okay. Well, uh, let's see, where, any any place you'd like to take this, Tyre? Anything you, else you want us to know? I've got a, a, an idea on the top of my head. I don't know if we should go there, but let's just go there. Why not, right? Mm -hmm. We're all friends. So, monotheism. Mm. There are three great monotheistic religions that are generally considered monotheistic. Mm. That is Islam, Judaism, mm. and Christianity. But I think that probably both Jews and Islamic believers don't consider Christianity a monotheistic religion. 
maybe some world, some people will, but what what do you what do you think? No, what, still, what is your no, it's still a monotheistic religion because I think there's the idea that a lot of even not Muslims and Jewish people don't know is about the Holy Trinity. Mm -hmm. So you've got the what is it? The Father, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. accepted today in most uh, I'd say uh, Greek Orthodox for example Roman Catholics evangelicals 
down the line all accept the uh, doctrine of the, tri of the trilogy. The trilogy. The, the trinity. trinity. Yeah. <laughs> the trinity. Except one, Jehovah's Witnesses do not. What about Mormons? Mormons, that's a complicated question. I, I would assume that they do because I don't know otherwise. I just know that Jehovah's Witnesses don't. Um, Mormons have some other ideas about divinity. They believe that they will uh, become gods and they're going to have their own planet, you know, and be able to populate their own planet. They, they have some really interesting uh, eschatological ideas that are pretty far out there, but literally other planets are pretty far out there. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the idea of the Trinity, I, I, I think, it, in my opinion, you can be a very good Christian and have questions about the, the, the Trinity. Be because it's a hard thing to understand. Okay. You know? I, I don't think you have to accept, you know, exactly that, that basically the, the doctrine of the Trinity is that all three are equal. They're equal, completely equal. They're, they're one in, we call it the Godhead, right? So they're all in the same head, but, but usually only one head, so that doesn't really make sense either. But, you know, they're, they have such a relationship, and they're so intertwined uh, that they are all completely one in purpose, completely supportive of the other, and in, in this, in this uh, relationship of love that, that is, you know, it's so far beyond our understanding that we've come up with this Trinity idea to kind of make it easier to to package, I guess. Uh, I would say. Yeah. Um, but but there are other ways to look at it. I think. In fact, I'm kind of, in, in a sense, I'm going a little bit away from the idea of the Trinity in some ways in my thinking. Um, and that is that that God actually just transformed into the body of Jesus. Like he, he became God in the flesh. We call it incarnate, right? Mm -hmm. So God incarnate was Jesus and that was him. And, and, and then later when God incarnate was crucified and he ascended back to heaven, uh, then we had the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit that was, God that lived inside of us, right? That lived inside of, of his people, if you would. And so it's it's less three different persons and more of a God in a different package. You know what I mean? Like he 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 changed forms to be what he needed to be at the time to save mankind. You know, basically, or something like that. If you're you're thinking that way I'm finally gonna chime in now all right if to go along with that who would who would Jesus be praying to when he was <laughs> would that present a problem when he was on of course earth? it does it's all a problem okay yes. <laughs> of course yeah because Jesus did pray yes, to did. the father yeah what was it well, I guess was it to teach people how to pray? Well, yeah, that's probably one well, but, way. Well, but way. some of these prayers were alone. He'd go off alone often to pray. And he'd say he did this, and we can't allow for him to lie. 
Um, yeah, I, of course it's all a problem, right? And, and I think that the, uh, there's problems in the idea of Trinity. There's problems in not accepting Trinity. Yeah. Because we're trying to understand the creator of the universe. He's, he's on, in some sense, unknowable, at least in matter, like what he's made of and, and, and how he's able to do what he does. I don't think we're, we can understand that. One thing that, that... I wonder if we could get into... I, well, you can go ahead and finish that thought. Well, uh, what, what Pat and I have been talking about a lot lately, the last several years, is that the reason, we believe the reason... I'll let you talk for yourself, so if I misrepresent you, Pat, you can chime in. But the reason Jesus came in the body is because we didn't understand him until that time. And so he came in the body to put a human face so that we could understand his character. Like, who he was on the inside, about his compassion, about his his, um, love... Right, how much he loved mankind, what he really was concerned about. Was he concerned about following laws, or was he concerned that we treated each other with compassion? Right? And so, what we believe is that God came in the person of Jesus to, in no uncertain terms, tell us who God is as far as his character. Right? We may not know the matter of God or the the science of God, if you will, um, but we can know better His character. So, all right, Pat, go ahead. Yeah, actually, you—that's kind of where I am too. I think you presented that pretty accurately, but um, and that's kind of where I was wondering, where I was hoping to go. Maybe the character. I was going to ask Tahir, what what is your understanding of the character of God. So, that's quite, well, that's really hard. But my understanding really is, I guess from one kind of like teachings of the, teachings of the prophet, peace be upon him, mm. where he states that once, once he wrote down how all creation was created and everything that will happen, Anything that 
say everything's written, so why should we? What's the point of doing anything like if it's written now I'm gonna be evil? Why do this? But it's also how we've been given free will, so we don't need to choose to be evil. Mm-hmm. And also how prayer can rewrite what has been what has been written for you. Mm. So especially like my friends and family, especially some some of the big girls. Well, one of the girls I was talking to in the Middle East or well, in Palestine, she was saying that whatever's been written can be rewritten just by prayer alone. Mm. But it's also not just you pray and then oh yeah, be rewritten. You have to take you pray and then you have to take steps. So. Just so I understand you, so there there are people who follow the Islamic religion who believe in fate, yeah, and a, a big amount of fatalism, as far as their lives are predetermined to some extent. Yeah, so some people will be like, "No, it's all determined. Hmm. That's it." Wow. So it's like everything's been written. Yeah. And it has, but it doesn't mean it's like that's set in stone. But it doesn't mean that can be rewritten. Mm-hmm. Well, we have the same thing in Christianity. There's, there's, um, help me out, Calvinism. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Calvin, you know, John Calvin, Martin Luther were uh, basically two, two different um, religious leaders who lived during the same time who broke away from the Roman Catholic Church and created Protestantism. And John Calvin, what was he from? Where was he from? John John Calvin. A European country, I can't remember. Holland? I don't know. Something like that, yeah. He he believed in in predestination, in that uh, everybody who was going to be in, right, like saved by Jesus, that he determined that, that Jesus chose people ahead of time, you know. From the, from the foundations of the world, he chose all the people that would belong to him. And so we really didn't have a lot of choice in the matter. <laughs> I don't think he really thought it through, because <laughs> if there's no choice, why do we do anything? Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, the, the, same, the same tension, probably, now that you're saying it exists in Islam, probably exists in every religion, I would think. Because any any religion that believes in a, in a powerful God, uh, also I would think the temptation would be leaving would be to believe in predetermination. Yeah, yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Man, I love what you said about his mercy outweighs his wrath, and that that's that's believed by that's is that written in the by one of the prophets. Because I don't know where it's written. I can't remember was one of the like the <coughs> teachings of the the final prophet means to be burning. Yeah. So it's basically yeah. My mercy well it was written that my mercy outweighs my wrath. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, and that fits very well with my theology, like I wouldn't have a problem uh, believing that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only one maybe one part of it that's <coughs> Very diff- well, not hard, but the rough is that you just gotta make sure you do not. Well, part of it is that you do not associate partners with God. Associate so, what? Partners with God. So Be careful, man. Yeah, I see him. 
you don't associate partners with us, so you do no. not. We have people coming from everywhere. You do not like say that more than one guy. I don't know where I'm going, by the way, guys. I'm just kind of Does driving you're around. Going back. Well, where where do you live? Where can I drop you off? I just live close to you. You're in this area or on the You're other down, side of the station? If you go up the hill and make a left, you know, from the university. Okay. Yeah. So right if I just go ahead and go that direction? Because yeah. we're we're getting forty five yeah. minutes, that's a good this is a good time. Yeah. Um so we can just start wrapping it up. Pat, do you wanna you wanna give a little uh summation of what you heard? Well, um Yeah, I heard I heard a lot of a lot of what I heard from Tahir tonight is uh, I wouldn't disagree as as uh, where I am in uh, my own faith, like meaning uh, that God is a God of mercy and that uh, God desires compassion from us. And uh, in fact, in the you know what. Mercy, not not sacrifice. Sacrifice, yeah. I desire yeah. mercy, not sacrifice. Yeah. Is is a big is something that one of the prophets said in the Old Testament. Does that sound familiar to you, to hear it all? I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Tell about the sacrifice part, mercy and forgiveness. Well, in, in that in that context, what it means is sacrifice for the Jews was going to the temple and killing animals it's not doesn't mean personal sacrifice it means sacrificing of animals for forgiveness of sins okay does that make sense and so god was saying you know you're killing all these animals but you're still acting like jerks yeah. <laughs> basically is what he's saying he's saying i you know you don't know me i desire you to be merciful not just to kill animals yeah the whole yeah. point of killing animals uh <laughs> In, in other words, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, I was just going to say those two, those those two points, I think, were something that I uh, can hold on to, latch on to. Um, anyway, I I think I could ask. There's there's a lot more we could ask and talk about for sure. I would love to talk a little bit about the justice. Mm. Um, God and that kind of thing if we had more time but anyway thanks Tahir yeah I I echo what he says I pretty much everything you said I can't think of anything it doesn't fit actually right now but everything you said I I'm comfortable with saying that my theology can embrace those same uh, principles the idea of compassion, the idea of mercy. Um, this right. Hmm? Where? This right. Right? Yeah. Right, right. Right here. Yeah. Alright. Okay. Um, so, yeah, thank you for joining us. I know it was kind of hard to get this together. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to turn out good. I'm, I'm happy with it. Mm. Should be be fun yeah both my both of my listeners I'm sure will love it
I'm one of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the other guy? <laughs> yeah, you caught me. I, I tuned in sometimes. Uh, straight? Yeah, keep going straight. You don't live that far from me. I come through here all the time. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, we'll cut it off right there, I guess. Do uh, you, you want to say anything? you have anything you want to... Do you have any suggestions for us? Like, maybe if, if we want to understand Islam better besides learning Arabic. Uh, <laughs> but you don't need to learn Arabic. You can just read. It's a lot. It's all translated in many languages. Like Yeah. Um, I'll take a left. Thanks a lot. Thanks and yeah, you're welcome. And you're here for another couple weeks. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, how do you say how, how, how what's what's a good uh, closing line in uh, in Arabic? As low as I guess you can say. Salam. Salam. There you go. Yeah. All right. Say bye, Pat. Bye, Pat. <laughs>